really what we focus on is training and equipping churches and nonprofits to have um, a strategy in place to intentionally disciple their volunteers. We want to help them with every aspect of volunteerism. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. We're live in the studio this morning with a local guest who has a big vision for the church. So we're pleased to have you here, Christina Angelakos. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for coming all that way from Orlando to Lake Mary. It's a long way. <laughs> right. Were you on I-4? No, I took some back routes oh, to get here very, fast. Very smart. We have some I-4 construction going on and it's bad news out there. <laughs> well, when I first met you, mm-hmm. I thought what you're doing with church volunteers is really significant. Oh. Uh, you have a new book you've co-written with Jim Angelakos, and I think you know this fellow pretty well. He's right. uh, not only your co-author, but he's your father, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you share in the ministry together at a large congregation here in Orlando called Faith Assembly, mm-hmm. and you are a team consultant there. Yeah. What does a team consultant do? So basically what I like to do is just help teams thrive. So whatever we can do to make the team work well together, that's what we focus on. Excellent. And I know that you do have something called Volunteer University. We'll talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I should also mention that you have a doctorate in strategic leadership from Regent University. So congratulations on your recent doctorate. Not too long ago, right? Thank you. Yes. uh, 2017. (laughs) Go Royals. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There we go. Get that plug in there. Get that plug in. Well, at your church, you say serving is an honor. Serving is an act of worship. Could you spell those out for us? Right. So um, at my church, we just feel that getting to serve is an honor. It's it's the biggest honor that we could do to connect others with Jesus. Um, so a lot of people at our church are in volunteer roles such as greeting. And I just love that volunteer role. That was one of my first volunteer jobs as a little kid is I got to greet at the front door of our church. Wait, and, you're an extrovert, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay, I figured that out. And um, that was just such a special time, too, because really, you're the first opportunity um, to just show the love of Christ to someone who's coming into the church doors for the first time. And so giving someone a huge smile and offering your hand and and just saying, I'm so glad that you're here, that you're here with us today and that we get to um, worship the Lord together Mm. is just such an honor. And it, it really is a privilege to get to serve Jesus by doing activities. Oh, that's excellent. So how important is it for volunteers to really grasp the vision of the church um, and to kind of get that big picture in order to do their task well? Oh, I love that question, Chris. It is so important to grasp the vision of the church. And I think um, it gets a little bit confusing because sometimes churches have different missions or vision statements, and we're all after the same thing, right? Just Mm -hmm. loving God and loving people. That's everyone's overall mission. Um, But it is really important to get the specific vision of the church. Um, So you see some churches that are more outreach um, geared. Mm -hmm. And so they'll focus on bringing in the lost and that's they're very evangelistic. Um, And then you'll see other churches who are more focused on just um, healing the community and maybe going into jails and doing and work that way. Um, And so it's really important to catch on to the culture and the vision of the specific church that you're serving Mm -hmm. so that you guys are all focused on the same mission, the same goal, and everyone's moving in the same direction. Excellent. Well, sometimes we 
volunteer and maybe our motives are not <laughs> perfectly pure as the driven snow is the same. But, I mean like how do our motives influence us as volunteers and also should we bring the same work work ethic that we bring to the office or wherever we work every day into the church? Right. So I love that question. And um, it's something that I worked a little bit on in my dissertation as well. And the reason I love it is because I have firsthand experience with it. Um, <laughs> we, um, this is confession time. This is confession time. Um, I love this story. I actually uh, met a guy, we're going to call him Josh. That's not his real name. Um, but he came to our church. And the first time I met him, I was on uh, the Greeter New visitor team. And so I, I met him and I was like, hey, what brought you to our church? How can we get you connected? And he was very blunt. Um, and he said, I came because I heard the girls here were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I was shocked into silence for two seconds. And then I laughed and I said, well, you know what? You're right. But we're going to pivot your motives a little bit <laughs> to line up with what we're doing here. And so um, I just think motives play such an important factor in it. But um, you're right. People come in with different motives and they're not always the most pure um, but but there are ways to pivot volunteers motives into lining up with the vision and so what we did with Josh was I got him connected and yes I introduced him to a couple of the girls on the team <laughs> um, but we got him connected and, and we sat him down and we took him through training which is why I believe that um, volunteer training so he became a volunteer he actually did yes he, he, he yeah he attended for a little while and then we got him plugged in mm -hmm. but um <clears throat> We talked with him, and we put him through volunteer training, which is so important. And in it, we talked about the culture of our church and what we believed in and what our vision was and what our pastor's heart was. And as he heard all of this, he began to understand what we were about. And so his mm -hmm. motives slowly shifted. I mean, he was still kind of on the prowl <laughs> a little bit. Um, but his motives started shifting more towards to be in line with the ministry and, and to be what we were about. And so you could see it as he was serving. Um, like when he first began to serve, he was kind of flirting a little bit more than serving. Um, oh. But eventually his his motives started lining up and he just had the same heart that we did. And, and he was the first one to volunteer for big outside projects where we were doing evangelistic stuff. Um, whereas before he was more focused on inward, you know, things. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He began Personal to, goals. Personal goals, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh. But um, eventually he, he caught on to the mission and the vision and he was one of the first to jump in on projects. And so I just, I, I love talking to people about their motives and I want them to be honest with us. Tell us why you're here. And then um, we can slowly pivot them um, into the right the right motives. Have any more good greeter stories? <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh should greet for a little bit and he might have been trying to get phone numbers in that but <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but we slowly moved him away from that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well how does church culture tie into the tasks of the volunteer whatever whether that volunteer is a greeter or so, some other type of volunteer in fact let's talk about the many different ways that you can volunteer in a church right there are so many different ways to volunteer and I love it too because you can really find something that fits with your personality mm -hmm. so like you know I'm a little bit of an extrovert but there are people out there who don't love being in front of people or, or making those one-on-one -on -one connections some people are better in groups some people are better in um, small behind-the-scenes settings and every volunteer role is important. Um, so there's so many in churches today. You have ushers, you have greeters, 
You have um, people that volunteer in the worship ministries. You have sound guys, lighting guys, kids workers, nursery mm-hmm. workers. Um, there's youth workers. There's so many different things you can do. Hospitality, yes. Bring the donuts. Yeah. Oh, that is the <laughs> most important job at the church, let me tell you. <laughs> Coffee and donut guy is my favorite. Um, there are so many different roles. And what we're really seeing um, in volunteer trends now, too, is an uh, what we're calling specialty skills. Um, so we're seeing a lot of people who have specific skill sets that they can bring to the team. So you're seeing photography now being used. Mm-hmm. You're seeing social media being used. You're seeing um, doctors coming in and doing medical missions trips. Wow. So there are so many different ways that you can tap into somebody's unique skill sets, their experience, their background, um, and just use them to their full potential and help them to grow as they're in the organization. Well, I know in our church, which meets in an insurance building, oh, I love it. Uh, we ended up uh, putting in new wood flooring or some oh. very faux wood flooring, <laughs> I think. Uh, but they asked for volunteers for that. And I'm like, I know that's not me. So <laughs> hopefully there's enough people in the church who know how to do that. But uh, I love that. Yeah, that's an interesting type of volunteer, isn't right. it? Right, yeah. So how does the church culture actually tie in then more with the volunteers? How, maybe how do you do it uh, with Volunteer University? Right. So at Volunteer University, really what we focus on is training and equipping churches and nonprofits to have um, a strategy in place to intentionally disciple their volunteers. Mm. So really what we want to do is we want to help them with every aspect of volunteerism, whether it's identifying the right people who would be a good fit to volunteer, which it's not always everyone. Um, and then recruiting those volunteers, training them, and then encouraging them and resourcing them. And so the whole thing is a discipleship process. So we want to just help churches and teams be strategic in that. Um, And in the training process, we talk a lot about culture of the church. And really why we focus on culture is we don't want to elevate it higher than the gospel because that's not what church is church and we're all the body of Christ, which is wonderful. But we do want to make the comment that there are certain churches where things are easier and they flow better. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for example, I know some churches are large and they really focus on small groups to make it feel more like community and to get connected. Um, And then there are other churches who try to focus on small groups, but it just doesn't work with the church setting. And so they're more maybe service-driven churches. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really what we would like to encourage volunteers to know is that the culture of their church. So what's going to fit so that that way you're not fighting the culture, you're flowing with the culture. And then that way you guys are able to work as a team to get the job done and there's no there's just not fighting that culture no competition right so does volunteer university is that just at your church or have you um what what would you say have you multiplied it yeah that's a great question we um so our pastor was so generous to me when I was working on my dissertation. That was kind of our beta test for Volunteer U. <laughs> and he graciously allowed us to have it at our church. And we just saw um, saw really cool things happen with it. And so afterwards, my dad and I were talking and I was said, uh, you know, I wonder if this could help other churches and nonprofits even as well. Hmm. Um, and so we kind of put some feelers out there and um, it's really cool. God's expanded it. And so we've seen it in other churches and now we have a launch kit online on our website that helps other churches put it into their um, system. And we've seen some churches in uh, Guatemala. We have hmm. some in Africa. So we're seeing it expand, which okay. is fun. Even globally. Globally, <laughs> which is very fun. Excellent. So how can, uh, when it comes to teamwork, how can the church encourage teams to kind of gel better and work better together? 
Yeah, I love that. Um, sometimes it's hard to because when you're working at as a church, some, sometimes personalities get in the way, you yes, know. Yes, they do. <laughs> Even though we're all Christians, we love each other, we love God, sometimes we just don't always work well together. And so... Um, iron sharpens iron. Yes, right? that yeah. sharpening part. That's so hard. <laughs> um, but the cool thing is that we can learn to work together as a team. And it's okay um, if we have some clashes that's actually healthy for organizations because it brings out the best in us. Like mm. you said, iron sharpening iron. So we do talk a lot about teamwork. We talk a lot about how everyone can work together and focus on each other's strengths and help each other rise up. So we have a lot of talk about mentorship. So what we like to do is encourage people who have been volunteering for a while to find somebody who's newer and kind of have them as their buddy and be like, hey, come with me. Let's work together. And then um, the buddy system, the, like, like church camp. Yes, right? exactly. Okay. Okay. The buddy system. <laughs> we love it. Um, and so we just encourage people to connect, um, find somebody who's maybe different from them and mm. just build relationships because really that's all church is and discipleship is. It's relationship building and being intentional about loving each other and, and working together. And so that's why it's important for leaders to kind of keep an eye on the team too. And if you you see conflict arising, if you see personalities that aren't really meshing, to address it and to talk about how we can fix things and make things better. Good. Best to be upfront about these yes, things. Right? even if it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. You know, many people are quick to say they have nothing special to offer mm. to the church. They, um, you know, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. So how do you edify those people and help them realize that they really do have something to offer their local assembly as a volunteer? Oh, I love that question. That's how I felt when I first came out of high school. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to start volunteering in my own way, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't especially good at anything like singing or, you know, um, I could greet, but I wanted to do something different. So I went to one of my pastors and I, and I talked to him and he said, you know what, what we could really use is someone who loves people who will just be there to introduce new people to the rest of the church and kind of sit mm -hmm. with them on a Sunday. Right. And so I thought that was really cool. And so I started doing that. Um, and so when people come through our training at our church, Volunteer You, uh, usually we'll tell them about all the roles that they could fill. And then we offer them the opportunity to talk to one of our leaders and just tell us what they like to do okay. and tell us, even if they don't feel like they're good at something, usually our leaders have a couple spots that are easy fills. So for us, those are mostly greeting or um, ushering, or maybe if they say that they like children but they don't have any skill sets. We're like, well, we'll take you. It's perfect. Um, so basically, <laughs> Children's ministry always needs help. <laughs> we always need help. Um, so so that's, that's one way is we just encourage them. Like, you don't have to have special skills. You don't have to think you're awesome. We think you're awesome, and we can put you to work right away. So it's just that encouraging and pulling the best out of people and giving them the opportunity to try and then maybe fail. So even if they are not a great greeter, they come in and they, they're so nervous, they, they have sweaty palms, and we're like, okay, let's move you to a different location. But at least we encourage them to try it and put themselves out there. Okay, good. And first impressions are really important don't oh. they when it comes to someone visiting your church for the first time right. and it's not just the greeters right but what about what's happening in the parking lot yes. you know buying for that spot you know <laughs> <laughs> yes and do you have any type of parking lot attendance at your church yes that is a great question we kind of have a joke around our church that salvation is lost in the parking lot <laughs> if you're not careful so um we we just actually started doing this we've seen a lot of other churches do it and we wanted to jump on board so we started having parking lot attendance um, but it's true the moment someone steps foot onto 
your property, you're establishing an experience for them. And so um, I did research at one point. I, I I don't remember the exact number, but it was something like 40% of people, if they if they can't find a parking spot, if they don't have a good experience driving into campus, they'll just drive off. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. So it's very important that we're just very careful that the entire experience from parking lot all the way to the service is is flawless and just a good experience for people and is welcoming that we create that good first impression. And even uh, some churches have like church vans to go yes. pick people up. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. I, I find that there are certain areas of the country where, um, you know, that's just not available. People can't get to church mm-hmm. if they don't have a car. Right. So uh, that's a really important thing for volunteers to uh, and gives a good first impression oh, of I your love church. It. Mm-hmm. So what kind of response do you get from people who are going through your volunteer university program? Um, we've had some interesting responses. Most of them have been positive. We had, uh, I like the story of one of our gentlemen at our church. He had been serving for 25 years at our church. He's this awesome guy. Everyone knew him. Everyone loves him. He's fantastic. And so we kind of put feelers out and said we were going to be trying a new training for volunteers, and we invited our whole team to come. And so he came up to my dad, who's an associate pastor at the church, and he said, why do I need to go to this volunteer training? I've been a volunteer for 25 years. Do you think I need this? And my dad is so diplomatic. He said, you do not need this, but we would love to have you come as a leader and kind of lead the way and get other volunteers on board. And so he Mm. said, okay, I'll come. And so he sat through it. And afterwards, he was very stern. He came up to me and he just said, this was good. He oh, said, excellent. it reminded me of why I started volunteering 25 years ago. So oh, that good. was really special. And it's not, we don't ever do it uh, super long. It's usually just a 30-minute class, but we just want people to know our church mission, our church vision, and um, where we're going as a team. And and the book is um, customizable, so any church can use it and just insert their mission and their vision because it's really about each specific church. Very good. Well, that's interesting. What you said ties into my final question. How do you move volunteers into leadership? I love that question. That was actually my dissertation was volunteer to leader. Mm. And um, so basically it is part of that discipleship process. So what we want to do is we want to encourage people to, to be growing the entire time that they're volunteering. We have a responsibility. We have these people giving their time and their efforts and their skills to us so that we want to make sure that they're growing the entire time. So what we've implemented at our church and and at a few other churches is um, also called Leadership U. So we give them the opportunity to attend classes or be in small groups that focus on leadership type quality. So we'll talk about communication and how to disciple others because really we want this to be a cyclical kind of thing. So volunteers come in, they get disciples, they become leaders, and then they recruit other volunteers who get discipled and become leaders. And it's just a continuous process. So it's very um, it's very important to be discipling them. And so what we found for us that works really well is we'll have a couple leaders take a couple people and just build relationships with them and help them to grow and be checking in. Hey, uh, I want to read the book of John. Do you want to do a Bible study with me this week? And just be growing together and um, giving them the opportunity to invest in a small group setting. And then as they grow, we give them the opportunity to replicate that. Excellent. Well, Christina, as we close, I wonder if you would like to pray for uh, churches who are seeking to institute some type of volunteer program or for volunteers who are really serving at the forefront of the church. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. 
Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you um, for what Charisma is doing and for Chris. And I God, I just pray that your hand would be over on um, this ministry, Lord. I pray that your hand would be over churches, over volunteers, Lord. I just pray that you would give us creativity, Lord, that you would give us um, new ideas, innovative ways to do things, to reach people, to serve. God, I pray that you would just enlarge our territories, Lord, that we would be the best examples of Jesus on the planet and that we would just engage people and love them and bring them into the church, Lord. And God, I pray that we would just serve with excellence, with hearts that are just so, so sensitive to your spirit and ready to do whatever you ask for us, God. And I just pray for a movement in the United States and across the globe, Lord, that your people would be ready to serve and love others in a way that they have never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Christina. We've been speaking with Christina Angelakos, who wrote this book right here, Volunteer, Serving with Excellence, uh, with the associate pastor of Faith Assembly, her dad, <laughs> Jim Angelakos. I'm sure that you let Jim write a little bit of that book, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. he might have had a little bit to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. So glad you could be here with us, and you have a website that you'd like to share with us. Yes, uh, people can visit us at www.volunteeru.org, and that's just the letter U. Okay, Volunteer U, which stands for university, mm-hmm. .org. And is that where they can get your book? Yes, you can get the book there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you mentioned a kit also. Yes, the launch kit is available on that site as well. It's just a little button that you can click, and um, we're offering it for churches, and it takes you through the entire strategy of building and developing volunteers. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Christina, for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. And for those who have a spirit of excellence and also want to bring that into their workplace, please check out our 15-minute I Work For Him PowerPod podcast. That's hard to say. With Jim and Martha Brangenberg. And learn how to take your skills into the marketplace for the glory of God. It's on cpnshows.com. I Work For Him. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.